Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show, and my name is Doug Cunnington. Today, I have Shauna Newman joining me because she's going to tell us about an image copyright backlink scam, which just, it sounds scary. Scam is in there. There's copyright issues going on. And this sounds ridiculous to me. So I'm interested to hear more. Shauna, how's it going today? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. And it's always fun to have you on. For the people that don't know you, they can listen to some of the previous interviews that we've done and you blog over at Skip Blast. But just a quick intro. What do you do? What do you work on? I build far too many sites for a one-person team. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. You mentioned to me recently you have about 28 sites rolling yeah. in various stages of... Uh, progress. So yeah, that's, that's too much, uh, hire a team or do less sites. That's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, unsolicited advice. Okay. <laughs> what is going on with this image copyright scam? And, and we maybe can start from the beginning and how this, mm -hmm. this could be a, a legitimate, you know, request mm -hmm. that you get and, and how this is morphed into a scam and something that is a kind of a terrible uh, fraud laden situation. Yeah, so this whole thing started for me a little more than a year ago. I was actually still living in the Netherlands when it started, and I moved back to Vegas in January of 2020. Um, so how it started was I got an email from someone saying they were with photocredits.org and that their client wanted me to let me know that I had used one of their images without permission, but don't worry, I wouldn't get sued as long as I linked to this site that they gave me below. And I actually used to work... I'm, I'm, from the Nashville area. So I actually worked in copyright in the music industry there for several years. So I'm, I'm pretty well versed in copyright law. So I knew something was up immediately. So I got really mad about it because I couldn't believe people were doing this because I knew they had to be taking advantage of people who didn't know copyright law as well as I do. So I did this deep dive into this photocredits.org site and the site that they wanted me to link to and was able to trace it back specifically to, to Southeast Asia and to Thailand itself. So I knew that this was originating from somewhere in Thailand and that whoever was behind this was just probably some shady SEO who was living in Chiang Mai. So I wrote everything that I found out about this um, in my, my blog post when I was telling people about it. And I actually ended up getting contacted by the person who was running the scam and he blamed it on a rogue VA saying that this VA had done this on their own. And I thought that was going to be the end of it, but it wasn't because two weeks later, I got the same email from a different person at PhotoHeartProject.org wanting me to link to a different site. And I think I've written about this four times so far, and it, it continues to evolve a little bit every time that I do it. Um, I think as I am writing about what's happening and doing this deep dive, they clearly are getting new domain names to use because the domain names keep changing. Um, but they're also really lazy. Because they're, what they're doing now is that they're impersonating a law firm and a lawyer, uh, which is even more threatening to people and is actually illegal here in the U.S. And they are using the same website template for every site that they use. So, like, you can just search for some of the text on the page and find all of their sites for all these fake law firms where they're doing this. So. Wow, there, there's so much there. And I do want to rewind yeah. and talk about like how this could be a legit notification, right, for right. example. And 
I'll I'll mention uh, a couple years ago. I think I heard Hayden Miyamoto on uh, Niche Pursuits with Spencer Hawes, and he talked about like a leak building strategy where mm-hmm. you publish images on Creative Commons, which people can use, and then mm-hmm. one of the attribution methods is to link back to the origin site or a place right. where the credit should be given, which is mm-hmm. a legitimate link yeah. building strategy, and. You know, the other side of that is sometimes people maybe don't know or maybe they do know and they just grab images from anywhere on the internet, publish Mm -hmm. it on their website, which is a violation of copyright. So Mm -hmm. I'll let you take it from here because you know more about copyright law and such. So is that kind of right on the broad strokes? Yeah, the way that that got started a few years ago was people actually were using Flickr and they were uploading things with the Creative Commons license. And then in the description, it said, if you want to use this, please link to and they would include there website. And then that's a perfectly valid use of Creative Commons and, and doing that link building method. Um, the way this one has evolved, though, is it's making it seem like you basically took something that you weren't legally able to use on your site. And it, it's no wonder that it's working so well for the shady SEO who's doing this, because you know if you don't know copyright law and you don't know how, what a normal notification like for like something like this would work, you panic. You're like, oh my God, you know, I'm only making maybe hundred dollars a month. I can't afford to be sued. So yes, of course I'm going to give them a link. But the truth is, is if you do end up using an image that you are not legally able to use, the copyright holder will not ask you to link back to their site. Um, they're going to threaten to sue you definitely for sure. Um, but you're also going to get that standard DMCA notice as well, letting you know that you are breaking the law And there have been plenty of instances of people like uh, Getty Images, for instance, suing people for thousands of dollars for using images that you're not legally able to use. And they obviously did not ask for a link back to Getty Images. So the red flag here is you'll get sued, not Mm -hmm. contacted for a link. Yes, yes, yes. You can't pay lawyers in links. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of people who actually get caught up in legitimate image copyright uh, legal issues is they think, oh, I didn't know I'm, I've removed the image, so now I'm safe. And, and that's not how copyright law works. It doesn't matter if you did it on purpose or if it was an accident um, because it's it's illegal. Like if you are a web publisher, you should know better, honestly. And, and if you don't, if you're listening to this right now and you don't know copyright law, do yourself a favor and look it up. Yeah, it's fairly straightforward, especially yeah, with like yeah. images and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. With, and we'll, we'll just kind of go on this little tangent here on the YouTube side. Yes. It is, you know, a little bit more, it's not as transparent because. Mm-hmm. There is some fair use. And, and you can think about right. this, like when a news uh, program or a news network uh, like shows a clip or some you know mm-hmm. likeness of an individual or whatever, like they have commentary around it, right. around it, and it's like they're able to use it mm-hmm. because they're reporting the news. It could be educational. There's a few other aspects. Do you, are you very familiar with fair use? Yeah, and I think where people get tripped up a lot with YouTube and think they're in the right is that part in the law that says uh, if you're offering a critique or it's a derivative work, you just wanting to shitpost on YouTube does not make that a derivative work, you know? And, like, people just think that that makes it a derivative work. And you doing a buying guide and putting your fake review does not make that a critique either. So I think 
I don't know if people are willfully ignorant on this topic because they just want to do it and get away with it or if they really don't know. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Niche Website Builders. And I'm pumped to bring these guys back on board as a sponsor. They helped me out a ton with one of my recent sites. Well, I say recent. I think it's been about 18 months at this point since I started working on it, but they wrote most of the content and they did this fantastic link building campaign, the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign, and it was remarkable. It was basically a brand new site when they started working on it. And we got the domain rating as reported by Hrefs up to about 49. And I think that was in like six months or so. I mean, it was pretty remarkable. I basically had them start working on link building as soon as I started publishing content. And one amazing thing, and I'm going to talk more about this in an upcoming uh, sort of case study and and something we could follow along with, they were publishing 20,000 words of content for me each month. And we did that, I think, for about eight months, something like that. It has been growing. I haven't published anything new in the last several months, but it's been consistently growing after publishing. And part of the case study that we're going to be working on is just pumping out a lot more content. And with all the informational content sites doing so well, that's what we're going to do. So more to come on that. But if you want to check out some of the stuff over at Niche Website Builders, I'd really appreciate it. It's great if you let them know that you enjoy the support that they give for this show and you can get my coupon code. So just follow the link in the show notes here and you can save 10% on the link building campaigns or if you get anything with content, they'll give you 10% more. So thanks a lot to Niche Website Builders and let's get back to the interview. So again, we'll just reiterate the the red flag here is like a, a legal looking organization is contacting mm-hmm. you for a link. They're not mm-hmm. trying to sue you. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, you can also, it, it's public information to see if a lawyer is like a lawyer, like, or have they, are they, can they legally practice law in the state of New York, which is the state that they're now using on these little fake scams. You can, you, you can look that up and see, just put in the person's name who's there claiming to be a lawyer. So, okay. And okay. So that, that was another area that I was going to ask you about. Um, when you started tracing down like the location Mm -hmm. of the individual, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a red flag again, that it it wasn't originated from New York or like wherever the address should have been. Mm -hmm. It would be highly unlikely for someone in the U S to use a VPN to make it look like they're coming from Southeast Asia. How did you trace (laughs) that down? Um, well, the first thing was that the email arrived in the middle of the night, U.S. time, which was the first clue that they were not within the United States because no law firm would have someone sending out stuff like that uh, in the middle of the night. Um, then I just basically was using who has information to track down like where these sites were registered, things like that. Um, I did a deep dive into who, who they were using for hosting. Like I told you I was really mad about it. Yeah. So I spent far too many hours researching this. All right. What should someone do if they get one of these notifications? 
Well, if you get one, which is the current iteration where they are impersonating a lawyer and a, and a law firm, which is completely fictitious, that's actually considered fraud. Um, so it, and if you feel like you've been taken advantage of in this situation, you can contact the FBI's fraud department. They have a cyber fraud unit. Um, if they continue to use New York State, it's also highly illegal in New York State. And the New York State Attorney General is very active in going out you know, after people who do cyber fraud. So you can contact them as well. Um, I would definitely just delete the email as well. Like, There's no need to engage with these people because why bother? You know what I mean? So... Right. And we'll, we'll link up so people can follow mm-hmm. your, your series over there. Hopefully you won't have any more parts. Hopefully this is done. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, some of those links and some of the deeper information is in there. So people mm-hmm. should have a look. And uh, I guess the other important thing to note, like the, at the time we're recording this, it is a New York address, but it could be mm-hmm. any state. It, they could say it's coming from like uh, the Cayman Islands or Canada right. and try to kind of make it seem uh, different than what we're talking about here. So uh, really anytime anyone's asking you for links is probably BS. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, in this industry, links have a monetary value, you know? So if you are buying a link, you're expecting to spend hundreds of dollars probably per link. So that kind of escalates this fraud to another level because it's, it's it's kind of blackmail. Like I don't have any legal training, of course, so I'm not offering legal advice, but it's highly illegal, whether it's in New York state or another state, it's illegal in all of the U.S. So definitely, definitely uh, don't fall for it. All right. Well, any, any other thoughts on this before, before we wrap it up? No, I mean, I just think it's despicable that people are doing this and, like I said, I, I know who started it with me, who is behind it. Um, I, they, I don't know for sure if they are still doing the ones that are, are going out or if someone else has escalated this to the fake law firms. But I feel like this industry has a bad enough name. We don't need these bad actors running these kinds of scams, you know? Right. I just thought of another question. Okay, yeah. Are you getting, were you getting these for different websites or was it the same one? Um, it was the same site, mostly, um, like the bulk of them went to one site, which is the site that I have that gets the most traffic. So more than a hundred thousand visits a month. Um, but I did get it from one other site as well. Um, but there's plenty of people, if you do a search for some of these fake law firm names, there's plenty of people who've written about this on forums, um, other blogs, people in the media vine, Facebook group are getting these as well. So they seem to be targeting a wide variety of people. I kind of suspect that they're also doing this for clients. I suspect someone is taking on clients for link building and using this tactic to get free links. Well, I, I just thought of a great way to shut this down a little bit quicker mm-hmm. is if you know who the clients are and mm-hmm. they have U.S. addresses you start uh, going after them. Like if someone's a lawyer and they have time, yeah. you start sending letters to them. They will not be happy with their agency that they're working with. Yeah. Well, I've actually contacted a few of these because lately they've been e-com sites that they want you to link to. So I've contacted them trying to like, who are, who are you hiring to do SEO? Cause I just contacted me with this link scam, but I've not gotten any responses back. And I actually found a forum post recently where someone else had done the same thing and they got no response back. So it's completely possible they're not doing this for clients. And these are their e-com sites. Like, who knows how big this scam really is. Interesting. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's something else. It is unfortunate, like you said, SEOs definitely have a bad reputation. Yeah. So th- this makes it even worse, and it's you know it's fraud. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. All right, well, Shauna, this has been great. I know you have a few courses over at Skip Blast. You want to mm-hmm. tell us about uh, maybe one or two that seem to be pretty popular. You, you have a Haro service too, right? Yeah, we're completely full right now, though. But I do have a course on how you can build your own hero team, just like I did, including including like SOPs and how I train them and everything. So if you want to save a little money there and just buy the course and train your own people, that'll be a good idea for you. <laughs> you start your own agency. Yeah, yeah I got a, I got a course on that too. So we have competing courses. People can check out both sales pages, see which oh, one. Yours. <laughs> yours is yours is oriented towards like building a team, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine's it's, a little. It's one hundred percent focused on where to find the people, how to train them, how to track their work, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And what what kind of results are you getting for your clients when when you're running the service? Um, we're doing pretty good. Um, it is getting more competitive to land the links. I and I do Harrow for my own sites as well to get content, to get expert quotes and stuff. It seems like more and more people every month are discovering how great Harrow is for links. So more and more responses are coming into those queries. So it's becoming more and more important that you actually put in the time to craft a really quality response to actually score those links. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you, my course and your course are not helping the cause. So it just <laughs> dilutes the whole <laughs> that thing. That is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll put links in for that stuff and certainly to the mm-hmm. the series that you publish on this copyright mm-hmm. scam. So thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Definitely check out Shauna's stuff and her series on this copyright scam. It's fairly interesting, and I encourage you to have a look. She always has a couple case studies going and documents it pretty well, so certainly go have a look over there. And I'm an affiliate for her courses, so if you do want to check those out, that's great. We'll put a link in the show notes here, and I get a commission if you do sign up. Before I answer some questions at the tail end of this, I'll just let you know, as far as copyright and image usage, people that have listened for a long time, you know that you shouldn't use any images unless you have permission or they're creative commons, which means there are some attribution rules that you know you may be able to use image, but you have to provide credit to the owner of the copyright. Typically, it's the person who took the image. There's some places where it's royalty-free and it's free to use the image. However, because uh, the internet is a wild place, sometimes it's possible for someone to have taken images from somewhere else that they don't have the copyright to share and they'll put it on Creative Commons or a place like that. Again, the internet's a crazy place. So that is possible. And I know some people that have huge sites that are very aware, maybe they've learned some lessons the hard way, but they only use images from a stock photo company where the license is clear and there's a very easy to follow paper trail or electronic paper trail where if there's any issue, if anyone tries to come after 
them, they're able to say, well, I purchased it from this company. Here's the license I have, and this is the agreement. And they have every image documented that they have ever used. And it's a very easy way. If they ever get an email, if they ever get a letter that says anything about copyright for an image, they're able to address it. And this doesn't even get into the usage of Amazon images, which I have uh, talked about in the past. But in general, you shouldn't in you shouldn't do this anyway. But don't get images from Amazon. Take a screenshot or something like that, and then publish it on your site by uploading it to your website in WordPress or whatever CMS you might be using. There are a few rules around it, but. If you just use the standard Amazon site stripe, or if you use a plugin that utilizes the Amazon advertising API, you should be okay. You do have access to that stuff, but you can't just use images without permission. Thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring this episode, especially their new product, Leap. Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic Edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. And you can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost. So you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize, to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap. And generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they are using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. Now I'll answer one question from Tara or Tara. I don't know how you pronounce it. We've only sent a few emails back and forth. And this question is about how often sites sell. So number one, I don't have the raw data and I'll of course provide the context about the question, but I don't have raw data. I only know some anecdotal uh, ideas from friends and then I'll make some comments about general observations that I have for the marketplaces and brokers that are out there. So one thing before I actually get to the question, I get emails pretty often, all the time, I get emails all the time. And what I do is I'll, I'll mark them as feedback or ideas for shows. And I just looked at that tag, that label in Gmail, and I see I have quite a lot of ideas, maybe like 10 of them. (laughs) I didn't realize they were stacking up so much 
and I'll digress in a few minutes after after I uh, talk about it. But I am due for a mailbag episode, and the thing is, I technically would like to have a mailbag episode maybe like once a month or so, maybe a touch more depending on what's going on. And then I will come back at the very end because I'm going to ramble on just a bit about the schedule that I'm keeping up here with the Doug show. So I send out emails all the time. And if you're not on the email list, you can go to nichesiteproject.com and click the green button, enter your name and email, and then I'll send you a bunch of stuff. And then I also will, and this stuff is uh, templates and systems and things that you might find useful, but I also send two to three emails per week. And typically it's just pointing you in the direction of content that I've published or something interesting. Usually it's content that I've published in some capacity. And oftentimes, because I try to write headlines that get clicks, <laughs> I will use the valuation of sites to help entice people to, to click that thumbnail or to open that email. So Tara said, you always put those in and I'm just curious, like, do people actually buy these sites? So this particular case, I interviewed Charlie. He had an info only site worth $52,500, which is an estimate, right? That's the value on paper. So it's worth you know, $52,000 and it has 925 articles. And he did this in 11 months. And that is just purely an estimate. And a couple months later, he made uh, $5,000 in December of 2021. And then you would estimate the value at that new earnings level, which is an estimate at best. And there's many different factors. But like I said, I am trying to get clicks. And that is one of the reasons that I designed the headlines like I, I do, which is it's pretty much a standard formula. X result in a certain amount of time with some criteria or component. Sometimes it's with without pain or some negative aspect or sometimes with a positive aspect. That is kind of a traditional way to write a headline and it works really well for the stuff that we talk about. So that is the context. Terror said, the valuations of the sites you post sound amazing, but how often does it actually matter? I mean, how often do sites like that get sold at the high amount? My gut feeling is not often, but I want to be wrong. LOL. So Tara, good question. And I said, sites are sold pretty often. And I think when it gets pretty expensive and this is kind of an arbitrary number, but when it gets kind of expensive, say like 250000 to 500000 or more, it takes longer. That's a fucking lot of money. So it, it will take a little bit longer. You have to have someone with a lot of capital or a private equity firm, which is a lot more common than you would think. So these are typically, actually, I don't know much about private equity firms, but uh, potentially it is people that are pretty wealthy and they have investments in other areas and they have a lot of money that they they could pool together and the private equity firms will invest in different areas. It could be like a real estate 
syndication. It could be, uh, you know, just a, an apartment building. It could be in some more exotic investment opportunities. I don't know. I don't have that much money and I'm not in a private equity firm, but there's a lot of money floating around and they will invest in different areas. So if they, this is my elementary understanding, if certain industries of certain segments of the the world seem to be overvalued for what they're trying to do, they might seek out some different investment areas where they think they can get a little extra value. So in this case, maybe in the last couple of years, the stock market has been very profitable. It's been going up for a lot of years. So they may think, ah, you know what? This is kind of expensive. We don't think it's a good deal to invest in the stock market right now. It might be a better deal to buy an apartment building and aim for real estate. Real estate's really expensive too. So maybe they think that's not a good value either. We have to look in some other areas. So in that case, money has been aiming towards this online property area. So there's been more money in it. Now, in this case, I put the value at, say, you know, $50,000 for this site in this particular email that Tara was talking about. And I'm pretty sure if a site is selling for under $100,000 at a place like Empire Flippers, it sells really quickly. And a lot of times those are all cash deals. They're are a lot of people that have a lot of money and they have you know, $50,000, $70,000 laying around that they can use to invest. And it might be a great value for them. They may have a strategic reason. Let's say someone's a business owner in a particular area and they buy a site in that same niche and maybe they sell the product. So they have a strategic value where it's actually more valuable to them than uh, basically anyone else. Maybe it's only that valuable to people in that industry. Now, it still could be wonderfully profitable for someone to buy it and improve it and put some time into it, but it may be a a great value for someone in the industry where they have a kind of an outsized return based on their position and the things that they sell. But when you look at a web property, they give very good returns for the investors. And that's whether it's a private equity firm or an individual or whatever, a group of people, however you want to slice it. These kind of websites have great returns because of the amount that you could buy them for. So a quick example, well, actually before that, they provide wonderful returns, but there's more risk. All right, there's more risk compared to something like a rental property. So quick example, if someone bought a house for 150000 they might only make a few hundred dollars per month and it'll take several, many, many years to earn the money back and recoup the initial investment. Yeah, there is some equity to consider, but overall it takes a little while to earn the investment back. So $150,000, they might only make a few hundred dollars per month. But if someone buys a website as an investment, they will have the payback period in 
two to four years. The website investors should be making several thousand, maybe like 5K per month if they bought a site for 150,000. So again, just think about that. Think about the real estate investor just making like $200 a month, but they have $150,000 of debt on that property and they owe the bank 150K. They're only making a few hundred bucks per month. But in every real estate, it's just a made up example, but a web property, you get your payback in just a few years and you're earning, I mean, the cash flow could be really big. So anyway, that is what's happening here. And basically, because it's such a good payback period, even though the risk is unknown, I mean, it's definitely higher. When you buy a house, there's inherent value in the home and in the physical property, the piece of land. But Basically, sites sell pretty fast. And if you go hop over on a place like uh, Flippa or Empire Flippers, you can see how quickly some of these sites sell. If it's you know under 50,000, it's probably going to sell really, really quickly. If it's under 500K, I mean, you might be looking at you know a month or two, depending on many factors. If it's a good deal and a good business, it's going to sell much fact- faster. If there are other unknowns, if there's variables, if it's really competitive, if there's something weird about the business model, or maybe it takes a lot of staff to run the business, for example, it might take a little bit longer. But if it's you know a turnkey situation where someone buys a site, puts in their affiliate tracking codes and signs up with Ezoic or whatever, and they have everything all set up, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, a lot of these companies have it streamlined to transfer it over. So these sites sell pretty fast and faster than they used to. And the amount of money that people are paying is pretty amazing. And I mentioned brokers, but there's also Facebook groups, which I know are a very good place to go and look. I mean, you have to watch out and make sure you're dealing with uh, trustworthy individuals. But overall, There's a lot of Facebook groups out there where people are buying and selling and some people have good reputations out there and you could feel pretty good. I mean, you have to go do your own research and due diligence, but you could feel fairly confident working with, you know, one of these individuals and you could work through escrow and, you know, it's uh, a fairly safe situation where you can have a small amount of money at stake, especially if you're just using escrow. So anyway, these sites sell pretty fast and you can you know, literally start them up with a very minimal capital and grow them. And it could be you know, one of the biggest assets that you're gonna have kind of like earning money from real estate. It's just online. You're creating an asset from, you know, kind of from scratch, which is really amazing. I mean, it, it truly could be a business and life-changing amounts of money. So I hope that helps Tara and a good question. I know it's something that, you know, people think about, but once you once you start investigating a little bit, you'll get more and more confident about this business model. And, you know, Shauna is a great example here. So she's been doing 
this sort of uh, website creation and niche sites and affiliate marketing for over a decade. I've interviewed her several times and she does go into her business model and she starts from scratch. Some people like to buy sites that are established and then grow them up to a certain point. Shauna likes to grow them from scratch and then sell them usually when they get over a six-figure valuation. And she has uh, a lot of websites in her portfolio and uh, very lean staff, very lean staff. In fact, I'm like, oh, Shauna, you should, hire, <laughs> you should hire more people, get a little of your time back. But I think she loves what she's working on. So anyway, that's all for today. Please check out some of the other episodes and uh, actually coming up soon. And I believe it's just about two weeks. I'll be telling my story of a website flip, very small, very approachable. I'm going to talk about a site that I bought for under $5,000 and then I sold it for over 10 a little bit later and I'll fill in all the details and let you know the expenses and kind of the time that I spent on it and why I sold it and all that stuff. So that's coming out soon and thanks a lot. Please, if you have a second, share the episode with someone you think that maybe they would enjoy it. Maybe they haven't heard of affiliate marketing or the Doug show, or maybe, you know, this episode's kind of an interesting one, but yeah, share it around. It really helps out and I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.